For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. This is part 15 of the series. Next, what we are going to do, realizing that it is the role and the function of the Messiah to unite and to gather the 12 tribes of Israel. And one of several places that we can see this is in Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 3, where it says, And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I've driven them and bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and and increase. This is speaking about gathering the exiles of Israel. Then it says in verse 5, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. This then is speaking about the Messiah. And then it says in verse 6, In his days, that is the days of the Messiah, Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell safely. Well, when is Israel going to dwell safely when they don't have to worry about their enemies? When will they not have to worry about their enemies? When the exile's over. When the exile's over, we have the setting up of the kingdom. And who is going to be the leader in the kingdom? It is the Messiah. This is the name whereby he will be called the Lord our righteousness. So from here we can see it is the role and the function of the Messiah to unite and to gather the 12 tribes of Israel into rule and reign over them. Now we go to Acts in chapter 1 and verse 3, where the setting is that Yeshua shows himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen in them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He's giving what I would call a 40-day seminar and his subject is the kingdom of God. We don't have a whole lot of detail regarding what Yeshua taught during these 40 days, but we have recorded one important question that God asked, and it is found in Acts in chapter 1, verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Do you realize you cannot restore again the kingdom to Israel unless it originally was, and then 
when something happened to it, and then you are going to return it to its original condition. Well, when was the original kingdom of Israel? It was when King David ruled over all 12 tribes from Jerusalem. But following his reign and the reign of Solomon, the kingdom was divided. It was split into northern kingdom and southern kingdom, and it hasn't ever been united since. And how's it going to be united? Who is going to unite it? This is the task and the function of the Messiah. So those who are seeing Yeshua for these 40 days, they know he's the Messiah. They see him in his resurrected body. So they have a very important question to ask him, and it is this. Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? He gives his answer that is found in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. You will receive power after the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. That is an answer to a question. The question is, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? The answer is, you're going to receive power, and you will be my witnesses of the restoration of the kingdom to Israel, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea. Jerusalem and Judea is the domain of the house of Judah, or the southern kingdom. And in Samaria, this is a reference to the northern kingdom who lived in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That is because the scattering of the 12 tribes of Israel was to the uttermost parts of the earth. So in being empowered to be a witness of the restoration of the kingdom to Israel, and in order to explain the restoration of the kingdom of Israel, you need to explain who the Messiah is and why he is the Messiah. And for Yeshua, why he died on the tree, proclaim returning to him, repenting of your sins, and being in covenant relationship with him. Well, in going out and proclaiming this message to the exiles of Israel, because the exiles of Israel are scattered throughout all the earth, the message is going to be heard by the entire world. And anyone who wants to receive the message can do so and receive the Messiah in their heart and their life and be a part of the covenant promise that the Messiah is entering into with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, which is known as the new covenant, and his promise to gather the exiles of Israel, that those from the nations would be adopted or grafted into this covenant and these covenant promises. This is what is being proclaimed here in Acts in chapter 1. So we see in John chapter 10, verses 16 and 17, John chapter 11, verses 49 through 52, that Yeshua died on the tree to unite the 12 tribes of Israel. Now he is saying that you're going to be empowered with the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to send you out into the nations to proclaim the restoration of the kingdom to Israel, the uniting of the 12 tribes to all the earth. Well, just as in traditional Christianity, we haven't been taught that Messiah died on the tree to unite the 12 tribes of Israel, we also haven't been taught from Acts chapter 1 that the empowering of the Holy Spirit is for the intended purpose to proclaim the restoration of the kingdom of Israel, the uniting of the 12 tribes through the redemptive work of Yeshua. Yeshua.
Yeshua the Messiah. Next, what we're going to see is continuing on here in Acts in chapter 1 in verse 11. After Yeshua gives his answer, he then ascends to be with the Father. In Acts chapter 1 verse 11, it says, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? The same Yeshua which is taken up from you in heaven shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Then return they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olives. So when Yeshua ascended to be with his father, he left from the Mount of Olives. And the last thought that he left was that you're going to be empowered to go out and to proclaim the restoration of the kingdom to Israel. That is the last thought that he gave before ascending to be with his father. Then he said he'll come back in like manner. So his return to set his feet down on the Mount of Olives, which is Zechariah chapter 14 verse 4, then thematically is going to be linked and associated to the fulfillment of this task of restoring the kingdom to Israel and the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. And indeed, we are told that in Jeremiah in chapter 30 and verse 7, which speaks about Jacob's trouble, that the setting of Jacob's trouble is Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 3. For lo, the days come, says the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, and I'm going to cause them to return to the land that I gave their fathers and they will possess it. When are they going to return the land? When are they going to possess it? It is during Jacob's trouble or the tribulation. So the second coming of Yeshua is associated with gathering the 12 tribes of Israel, him setting his feet down on the Mount of Olives and setting up his kingdom. In doing so, when he sets up his kingdom, then we're going to have the fulfillment of the Great Commission, which is the world will know and understand who the Messiah is and follow his ways. It says in Isaiah in chapter 2 and verse 3, and many people will go and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the Torah and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. In Revelation in chapter 19 and verse 15 when Yeshua returns and sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives it says the following and out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations this is the judgment of the nations during the tribulation period and he will rule them with a rod of iron what this means is he's got to rule over the nations and he is going to be teaching them the Torah and where they want to depart from following the Torah, he is going to be judging them. In Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, and he will judge among the nations and will rebuke many peoples. Rebuke them for what? Rebuke them for not following his Torah. Then we're told in Zechariah in chapter 14 and verses 16 and 17 that it will come to pass that everyone that is left of the nations which came against Jerusalem, that is during the tribulation period, 
period, they will go up from year by year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. All the nations of the world will be required to keep the Feast of Tabernacles when Messiah sets up his kingdom. And if they choose not to, they will suffer the consequence of no rain. And it shall be that whosoever will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even unto them shall be no rain. Yeshua is the lawgiver. He is the one that's going to be teaching the Torah to all nations from Jerusalem. And he is going to have those who's going to be ruling and reigning with him during this time. And Revelation in chapter 5 in verse 10, it says, He's made us under a God, kings and priests, and we will reign on the earth or reign on the earth with Messiah as kings and priests. What is the duty of a priest? To teach the Torah. Therefore, we are going to be teaching the nations the Torah of the Messiah during the Messianic era. And in the New Covenant, the Torah is to be written upon our heart and we are to be led in following the Torah by and through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God who leads and guides us in all truth. That you express your faith in the God of Israel, you express your faith in Yeshua the Messiah by John 14 verse 15, loving him and keeping his commandment. And so there isn't an issue that you follow the Torah or the teaching or the instruction of God as an expression of your faith in Yeshua after you've been saved by grace through faith. But whose Torah and what Torah and how do you do it? Do you do it by following the teachings of the scribes and the Pharisees and their interpretation of the written law, which is the oral law? Is that the Torah that you follow? Or do you follow the Torah of the Messiah through the help and the inspiration of his Holy Spirit? Paul says that I delight in the Torah of God after the inward man. So a believer in Yeshua as the Messiah needs to be following his Torah through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now, let us look at Acts in chapter 15 and let us understand the ruling that takes place there and how it relates and pertains to the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. The uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel is referred to as restoring the tabernacle of David. In Acts in chapter 15 in verse 13 it says, After they had held their peace, James answered saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simeon, or Peter, has declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written, after this I will return and I will build again the tabernacle of David which is fallen. David ruled over all 12 tribes from Jerusalem 
and when he did, it was called Zion. But following the reign of David and Solomon, the tabernacle of David had fallen, and it's the role of the Messiah to build up that tabernacle and to unite the 12 tribes of Israel. James is seeing those who are coming to faith in Messiah and want to come to faith in Messiah in Acts chapter 15 as playing the role of the fulfillment of the prophecy to rebuild the tabernacle of David. Acts chapter 15 verse 16 is a quote from Amos chapter 9 verse 11 which says, In that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David that has fallen and close the breaches thereof. Now we're going to see that in and through a Jewish perspective from the Torah anthology on page 456 that they understand that the rebuilding of the tabernacle of David is uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. In the book, The Messianic Idea in Israel by Joseph Klausner, on page 42, it is written, all the exiles and the captives will return from the land of their captivity. Talk about uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. And then it says, for lo, I will command and I will sift the house of Israel among all the nations like a corn is sifted in a sieve, yet shall not the least grain fall upon the earth. That's Amos chapter 9 in verse 9. Then the prophet adds, in that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which is falling. So there's a connection with all the exiles and the captives returning from the land of their captivity. And then I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which is fallen. In Acts chapter 15, verse 19, when there is a ruling here by James and the brethren, and where are they making their ruling from? They're making their ruling from Jerusalem. Remember what the Torah says in Deuteronomy in chapter 17 and verses 8 through 11, that if there arises a matter too hard for you in judgment between blood and blood, between plea and plea, between stroke and stroke, being matters of controversy within your gate. Well, is there a controversy in Acts chapter 15? Yeah, a controversy is what do we do with the non- these non-Jews? How do we receive them into the faith? So it says that you will go to the place which the Lord your God will choose. That is Jerusalem. Well, James and the brethren were in Jerusalem and this ruling in Acts chapter 15 came from Jerusalem. But was it the scribes and the Pharisees who made this ruling regarding what to do with the non-Jews who were coming to faith in Yeshua as Messiah? No. So there was a ruling according to Deuteronomy in chapter 17 in Jerusalem, but it wasn't by the scribes and the Pharisees. James and the brethren see that those who are coming to faith in Messiah is part of the fulfillment to restore the tabernacle of David. In Acts chapter 15 verse 19, it says, Wherefore my sentence is that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles, and the King James says, that are turned to God. The word turned is the Strong's number 1994 in the Greek concordance. And the word means to return or to bring back. Therefore, this can be rendered the Gentiles who are returning to God. And 
we're going to see that that should be the context of what is happening here in Acts chapter 15. Then there is a ruling given regarding how the non-Jews are to be received in the faith and be a part of the commonwealth of Israel in doing so. It says in Acts chapter 15 and verse 20 that we write to them that are among the Gentiles that they abstain from pollutions of idols, from fornication, from things strangled, and from blood. Why was the ruling these four things? Why are these four necessary things? Well, to begin with, we need to understand the principle that the God of Israel commands his people to be a holy people. In Exodus, in chapter 19, in verses 5 and 6, it is written, Now therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you'll be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Leviticus chapter 11, verse 45, it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Psalm 29, verse 2, Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, Follow peace or shalom with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So we see the principle that the God of Israel commands that his people be holy before him. This is necessary to understand and why the ruling was given regarding these four necessary things, which again are that you abstain from idols, abstain from fornication, abstain from things strangled, and abstain from blood. In the art scroll of Leviticus, or Vayikra, art scroll is an Orthodox Jewish commentary on the scriptures. In the introduction on pages 18 and 19, it is explained, the Torah uses the term holiness specifically with regard to these areas, idolatry, sexual immorality, and forbidden foods. So you see that in the Torah, these areas are areas which the God of Israel desires for his people to be holy in. And this applies not only to the native born, but to the stranger as well. Therefore, what we're going to see in examining the reason for these necessary things is these are requirements in the Torah of a stranger or a non-Jew who joins himself to the commonwealth of Israel. What they have to be doing in order to demonstrate to the God of Israel that they are pursuing holiness or righteous living. Let's look at the first one, and that is that you abstain from idols. The God of Israel forbids the worshiping of idols. In Exodus, in chapter 20, which is the chapter on the giving of the Ten Commandments, in verse 2 he says, I am the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Verse 3, you will have no other gods before me. Verse 4, you shall not make unto you any graven image. Verse 5, you shall not bow down yourself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. So this is the forbidding of the worshiping of idols. In the art scroll of Leviticus, in the intro on pages 45 and 46, it is explained. In 
the second of the Ten Commandments, which contains the admonition against idolatry, the Torah describes God as a God of jealousy. Ramban, or Moses Nachmanides, notes that with reference to God, the term jealous is found only in connection with idolatry. This teaches that worship has a special status, like the intimacy of the husband-wife relationship. A woman who commits adultery becomes forbidden to her husband. In Nachmanides' commentary on the Torah, well, that's going to conclude part 15 of the series on the subject Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.